Feedback. It's time to check the feedback machine. Phil, it's that time again where we get to do the feedback thing. Are you excited? Oh, the, dre- oh, the dreaded feedback, Ian. <laughs> we all like feedback, don't we? <laughs> we do. Well, not always. Um, but I think the message is we need to. We need to learn how to accept it in all circumstances. So, yeah, it's feedback's part of how we that, that enables us to navigate, doesn't it? It does. Uh, first thing really uh, that's come up actually this week is: Are we going to talk about artificial intelligence, AI, and empathy? Are we going to talk about that, Phil? Well, some would argue we're probably you and I are probably a form of artificial intelligence anyway, in but. <laughs> we, can, we can probably probably talk about that. It's an interesting thing, isn't it? AI and empathy. Um, and you might think on surface that artificial intelligence couldn't feel, but then if we look at some of the research out there suggesting that uh, the emotions, uh, the priming components for our behaviour you could probably argue in some way, shape or form that if we, we can measure the behaviour, the outcome, the result, we can probably imply what the uh, the underlying emotions were that resulted in that behaviour. So in that sense, it would theoretically be possible, I suppose, if that's correct, for uh, a machine not to actually feel, but to actually work based on the patterns that are coming back. And I guess that conveniently sits somewhere between online and, and human as well in terms of we've got uh, patterns of behaviour online. And we've got patterns of human behaviour in their own right as well. Well, shared experience comes into empathy too, doesn't it? So um, I guess it's possible because the whole point of AI is that it's learning from its experience and it's feeding that in and doing something different next time. Mm. I guess it depends how you're interacting with that piece of technology, but oh, that's a whole can. It is, and it's one we can we certainly go down. There'd be some interesting material out there around this as well, and I think it would be um, a very worthwhile subject to uh, to go into. But we'll need a bit of research first. Uh, it'll need some research and some um, and some thinking, and then we'll pour pour all of that into uh, an AI algorithm, <laughs> and then come out with the final the final uh, show show notes. Yeah, and the AI can do the episode. That might be the way it needs to work. <laughs> okay, then the other the other interesting subject that came up during the week that um, a couple of people were asking about is belief systems around brand or business identity. So how to build a belief system, I think, really was the crux of it. Hmm. Which, which is sort of pretty much smack bang dead center in what human hackers is about really so uh, certainly a valid valid question I think the the belief system it, it probably it links up with the patterns as well so in other words the the belief systems are a part of the the contributing components to what our net behavior what our outcome behavior is going to be anyway so um it involves going down a little bit deeper though, and so certainly not something we could cover here in any way, shape or form, but I think that, again, that would be a good topic to take up in its own right, and I, I doubt that we could do that in one episode either. No, it's probably its own podcast <laughs> or, a, or a series. I suppose we're going to have to find a focus around, particularly around brand for that one, otherwise we will get a bit tangential 
Is that the word? We'll wander off. Yeah. <laughs> we won't stay on track for sure. No. It's, it's good to get some questions like this coming back though too because it, it just helps us sort of determine a direction because ultimately um, what this is about is delivering what is needed. And when we find out what's needed, then basically we can match those two things up. So just good to have those questions coming back. Yeah, and I'm not sure there's too many podcasts out there that cross. I mean, there's quite a few that do are in either lane, but not yeah, not too many that are of the style that cover the the human online technology interface. No, um, which leads us beautifully into some feedback about how our podcast is going, Phil. <laughs> it does. What a journey it's been. Are we on onto something here or Well we seem to be. Or are we kidding ourselves? No, I I think I think we're on track and, and the general the general feedback, the subscriber numbers are going up, that's always a good sign. Um but the, the general feedback I've certainly I've received has been uh sort of constructive and positive. Yep. So I've had no one no one being too, sort of too negative about it. Uh it's been more about things like the episode length, for example, is one thing that's come up. Um, I'm not sure what feedback you've got, Ian, but the, the feedback I've got is that we probably need to be aiming at less than 30 minutes yep. uh, for, the, for the episodes, and that, that does pose a number of challenges for us in terms of what we're trying to cover, uh, and some of them are quite complex topics. To cover that in, in 30 minutes is, is quite a challenge up front. Yes. Have you had feedback on the same thing? Yeah, I have. It seems like people have different preferences depending on where they're listening to the podcast. Obviously, if you're on a long drive, you don't mind a long episode if, as long as it's interesting enough. Yeah, there's lots of different schools of thought out there on podcast length. There's quite a few that have very, very short episodes. I'm not a big fan of those because I just don't think it's enough time to sink your teeth in uh, to a subject. It's almost just, you know, in that quick tips sort of category and we're not we're not quick tips. It's just a matter of mixing it up probably like we are we've got different options different lengths of episodes different segments for people to choose depending on well where, where they're going to listen to the the program yeah and I, I think it is it is a mix and I, I know my preference the original reason we followed the podcast as the first option for us in terms of human hackers was because it's the probably the most convenient format for entrepreneurs or people with an entrepreneurial mindset at least not necessarily in business yep um they tend to they tend to want episodes that are packaged nicely. They don't have to sit there and watch a video. They can do it on any any device, um, and it's unobtrusive. And and the podcast uh, format fits that perfectly. So certainly, like you said, the the episode length probably does need to vary, which we are doing now. But I guess we'll start to refine that further as we move on. Uh, the more feedback we get from our uh, from our audience, and I like some of the feedback we've been getting about the. The natural flow of the conversation mm. that's something that's good to hear since we've been doing this i've been listening to a lot of other podcasts and there's quite a bit of what i would probably put in the category very produced very you know very edited very polished sort of podcasts out there and because we've been doing this fairly you know ad hoc i was wondering if that was going to engage people in terms of the the the, the fact where we're doing it a lot of this off the cuff you mean yeah yeah, I, I think that's it's, it's interesting, that whole performance piece, which I guess we're lucky enough to have a, a synergistic sort of connection in terms of how we can flow and talk to one another given that we're not even in the same room mm. um, and we, we're not using any visual cues to to work out when 
when you know, one person stops, the other one starts. The the performance piece I think I found the most challenging in this podcast format um, in trying to get the, the right mood um, and not be telling people, not be reading things and letting it flow but still have a reasonable structure. Bit of a classic thing for a creative person to um, to have to use a structure where we tend to want to be a bit freer and, and do the whole thing sort of spontaneously and ad hoc. Yeah. And the podcast format demands a degree of structure to start with. We can play around within each of the dot points, for example, and, and feel free to do what we need to do, but we do need to have that structure up front. And that's probably been the biggest challenge from my point of view is, is rather than doing everything off the cuff is to actually have a format that has some structure to it uh, that allows us to deliver something of meaning, which of course means something of value to the listener. Oh, that's, I, I can, that resonates with me as well. Um, cause there's, yeah, there's a lot of people podcasting out there and some of them are just turning on and starting to talk, which is fine. And then others are sort of very produced, you know, stacked with commercials. I feel like we're sort of somewhere in the middle, which is, or maybe towards the, the, the chatty side, which is, which is, <laughs> which is good as long as. As long as I don't think we're doing too much talking, Phil. Oh, well, that's right. And some people have made that comment and I have suggested that it's pretty hard not to do that on a podcast. There's no visual cues. so <laughs> It's a bit hard for you and I because we both like talking. So, Well, yeah, talking too much quite often, but that's the way it goes, <laughs> I guess. As long as, you know, the bottom line is if our subscriber numbers are going up and we're getting some positive feedback, then we're probably doing okay. Um, and, and the fact we're doing this episode so openly and people are listening in and no doubt there'll be more feedback come back as well Yeah, um, yeah. means we're, we're doing it for the right reason. It's just genuinely trying to get out there and say, let's just talk about these key topics, let's do the research if we need to, and let's try and produce something that, um, that matches the need of the audience that are listening in to actually you know get a bit of clarity or get a bit of stimulus around what they need to do next or how they need to do it uh, rather than, than taking all these standalone non-integrated uh, concepts and ideas, uh, we're looking to actually bridge that gap of integration and actually bring online and human together, which is where they need to be to move forward. In fact, I think it's probably the next frontier, um, you know, through AI and, and things like the search engine influence and things like that. Um, it's the next frontier of, of how we need to be interacting because it's predominantly through online um, rather than, than face-to-face a lot of the times. You're listening to Stick around. Well, I think we're smack bang in the right, the right place. You know, it's the and it's the right subject, which is why it's important for us to engage with the audience. Essentially, do you know, do what we're uh, recommending the the audience do. <laughs> We've got to do it ourselves. Be um, accountable at that level too to, be, to the subscribers. Be accountable at that level, yeah, and and uh, it's it's a it's an interesting to be happy to take on feedback willingly. It's an interesting space to be in, especially when you get that feedback initially. It's just I don't know about you, Phil, but this is tendency within within me to go. No, that's that's not right, or that no, that's the right length, or that's no, we pitched that right, and then. It probably only takes me about ten seconds before my mind goes, "Oh, hang on, I've got to look at this." Does that does that happen to you, Phil? Exactly the same. <laughs> and, and 
it, I don't think I've ever been, you know, and it, it's all right to go out there and ask for feedback too and you can be the brave person that says, okay, give us some feedback. But I don't think I've ever said that to anyone or any group where I haven't done a little bit of bracing mm. before the feedback started to flow back. But, you know, I think it's putting things in perspective too and that's we tend to, again, it tends to be a bit of a boxed world a lot of the time where we're, we're sort of living in a little box and then defending our position but being uncomfortable and happy about it. Yeah. And the only way that will shift is by taking the feedback, getting different perspectives. And I think now that feedback piece along with shifts in perspective, which are really, which is really what you're getting when someone else gives you feedback, invariably they're going to be looking at the same situation differently to the way you are. So it's naturally a shift in perspective. Mm. That is incredibly valuable. And if you're not going to be so precious about who you are or where you are, what you're doing, um, to the point where you can actually listen to that at least, and then take aspects on it or try aspects of what the feedback is is suggesting, then you're never going to move forward. So, you know, I think the answer is it's always going to be to to a degree it's going to be uncomfortable, but the ones that are successful are the ones that, that maybe brace themselves initially but then take it on board anyway. Yeah. Um, and actually explore what it means and, and why this person is saying something that seems completely contrary to what we may already be doing. Yeah, and it's a it's something it's a really awesome thing to develop to be able to and look, I'm not a defensive person by any means, but um the word you use there, precious, is a, an important one. I think when we mm-hmm. spend a lot of time on something we do get precious about it. And then when we're getting feedback we actually have to in that moment detach ourselves from the outcome again and know that you know, being open to that and responding to that feedback and some of it may not be worthwhile for the particular scenario but um, but we've got to be willing to process it and decide whether we're going to take it on or not and that's a certain kind of space you've got to get yourself in to do that but you know that that's part of the development, that's part of the improvement and the evolution that you have to uh, have to embark on. It's also a key piece if you look at... Um most things in in the world until you step out there and subject yourself to that feedback, even if it's only potential feedback, Mm. to put an idea out, express an opinion, um, that can be a bit of a scary place initially. Yeah. So, you know, that that feedback, that reflection on who we think we are versus what the feedback's telling us we are or the degree to which we think we can perform versus what the feedback's telling us we are performing. they're those things that sort of put us on the line and it's not a physical threat, it's a psychological threat. And so, you know, feedback's an easy word to say, an easy word to ask for, but the dynamics that sit behind it from a human point of view uh, are intriguing and are quite powerful. Mm. And, and to open yourself up to be able to do that, accept feedback is is really a big step. I know I found it challenging in doing the podcast, in putting opinions out in that form, and I'm not light on for an opinion, as you'd know, Ian. <laughs> but but to put it, no, I could do it for a group. But you know, to put it into a, a a format that potentially anyone in any part of the world could listen to, um, it puts you out there a bit more, and and it's sort of it's something you need to be you need to engage in in order to be strengthened enough to be able to deal with it in the way you need to. If that made sense, made perfect sense. Have I have I told you the story of uh, back in my musical performance days where there was actually a conductor who made a rule in the group 
and if you if you make a mistake, um, you in rehearsal you put your hand up. No. I to- have I told you that one? It was it was really interesting. <laughs> it was really interesting because obviously we were seeing pre pre prepared uh, pieces here off off sheet music, so th- there was there was not a lot of spontaneity to it other than the you know the the actual performance itself um, varying from time to time, but. Uh, yeah, so he he asked us to put our hand up if we sung a wrong note. His point was, I need you to acknowledge it so I know you know you've made the mistake. If you don't put your hand up and acknowledge it, then I'll wonder whether you really know what you're doing. Yep. Um, that was sense. that was his point, but but I but of course you know being a kid, I was like, oh no, he just wants to be the bad guy and, you know, point out who's who's making mistakes. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Like this is such, such yeah. a typical angle for a kid to go, oh, he just wants to, you know, it's a, it's a kind of bullying. I was, I was, you know, I think I was thinking as, as a kid. But, um, but it's like giving yourself your own feedback and telling everyone else that you're feeding back to say, yep, yeah, right, that was wrong. Um, and that, that that raises another question to Ian because the the feedback is like when we're doing something and we have that conversation in our heads around the result we're getting, on how we can then go go ahead and manipulate the you know the the story regarding the result to make the feedback seem better, <laughs> or or where someone asks us how did that go and we're we're creating the story in our heads at the time to give that person some feedback on how we went. Yes, that we're sort of manipulating the story to sort of cover the fact we we screwed up completely. Yeah, and that it was done for a particular reason. So it's the same thing, just presenting itself in a a different set of clothing. It's so still that, all about us. <laughs> so, so yeah, and that's an attempt to save face, which is really yeah. funny because then you go back to the putting your hand up, you know, in the in the singing group, and there's no saving face because. Oh. The guy next, the guys either side of you, the conductor, everyone knows you've made the mistake. But if you don't put your hand up, it's like that guy doesn't know what he's doing. And and if I was in your singing group, Ian, I'd have to be singing with both my hands up pretty much all the time <laughs> as well. How so, would you hold? How would you hold your music for the more complicated pieces? Oh, I'll be winging it, Ian. I'd just you, be going with it, and then yeah. I'd either belong to the group or not. Yeah, so you'd have to memorise the Mahler Eight or whatever it was we were singing. Oh, I've got at the no opera idea what that even looks like, Ian. It's it's a <laughs> It's a very it's a very gloomy piece that one, and it's very complex. It's probably got thirty two parts in it or something. Well, we don't want gloomy or complex on this podcast, so <laughs> we can't do that. Uh, in hi- in hindsight, that it, it, you know, it makes sense, you know, to have to have that rule in place. Um, it'd be nice in life if if we could, like you said, if we could do that a little bit more before we start, you know, projecting the stories we tell ourselves and. Getting into that whole thing, yeah, and then and then we then we're going to be ready, and we, perfectionism starts to kick in, and all that other stuff. So in the end, you know what? Just just go and do it. Just go and, and do it, and be prepared for the feedback. Brace yourself. Don't don't take it on board and react emotionally immediately. Yep. Think about it first, <laughs> um, and and just understand it's just a bit. It's someone's opinion. The same as you've got an opinion, they've got an opinion. It doesn't make it right. No, but there might be some value in it that you can take on board and, and use in some way, shape, or form. 
So absolutely. Uh, yeah. So that's Good. our feedback on feedback, Ian. Is that what we've done? Yeah, we're feeding back. This the feedback loop is um, is buzzing. You know, it's got it's got that sound when you've got the the microphone in front of the speaker. Mm. It's almost looping like that. Well, it's actually another thing we probably need to do too, just to finish up. The the, the human hackers philosophy. There has been some not direct questions on that, but there's been a few questions asked about what are you guys really about? And that's probably a <laughs> that's probably a, another another little episode we'll need to do to explain sort of what where we're at, what we're doing, why we're doing it, rather than yep. just presenting information. Oh, I like that. I like that. Yeah, let's make it an episode out of it. The human hackers philosophy. Mm. Um, no, that'd be that'd be good because yeah, I have I had have a cup. I can't even speak. I have had a couple of um, of people actually ask that question, and I'm not altogether impressed with my own answer. I put my hand up while I was talking, so yeah, well, it's 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 not straightforward, but there is a there is an agenda for those listening in. It just might not seem like there's one right now, but we'll give you a bit of clarity <laughs> with uh, with a human hackers philosophy episode. Sounds good, Phil. I like that idea. Very good. Excellent. Well done. Um, I'm looking forward to diving into some of these other these other subjects now and talking more about search engine influence. That seems to have got a good reaction too. Yep. And uh, also doing my first hacker moment. Finally, so that'll be after, good. After throwing you into the hacker moments a couple of times, now I'm going to start doing them. So. A journey in its own right. Yeah, yeah. Getting feedback on that's going to be interesting. But anyway. (laughs) (laughs) All good. Great one. Thanks, Phil. Thanks, Ian. You're listening to Human Hackers.